Shout out Sniper T on the beat. Tamara to the break of dawn is on the rise with life on the forefront of the mind. So line for line, you can ride this brain train and you can change your station without even touching the dial. So relax, stay a little bit, but listen for a while. And whether you're bumping this in the whip or in a business fit, it's a meeting you won't want to miss. A meeting for a meal to feed the soul with words for the mind. So sit back, enjoy the ride, time to take off, it's time to fly, cause Tamara till the break of dawn is on the rise. Hey, 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 y'all. Welcome back. It's me, Tamara. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in for all my regular listeners. I appreciate your support. You're continuing to just go on this journey with me. And I'm really excited about this new series. So as always, I appreciate your support. To my new listeners, thank you so much for checking me out. I hope you enjoy what you hear. New episodes generally air every Thursday. So come back through if you want to see what else I have to say. And if you're not, you should totally be following me on social media. The links to my Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok are in the episode notes. And I have been growing at, you know, uploading more TikTok content. It's a journey because, like I always say, I'm not about to just do whatever. But it is a good platform to just really get exposure. I've always been uploading my company videos to that. So follow me on there. Let's see what else. If you missed podcast happy hour or the spoken word night the link to catch the replay will be in the episode notes we will have another podcast happy hour coming up in december i don't know exactly the date and as of the time of this recording i'm not even actually sure who's hosting it next month we are kind of off track with that so more to come on that um let's see i won't have any more like live streams that I've hosting that I'm hosting, excuse me, until probably February. So, you know, October and November were like a lot of live streams. So if you miss the um, karaoke battle or the candy corn conversation or the spoken word night or the podcast happy hour that I hosted. So that was all in October, November, just head to my YouTube, click the live channel tab or whatever, and everything's on there. Um, but I won't be having another one till probably February. Cause I just kind of need to, you know, figure out what I want to do. Live shows are experiences. They're not regular episodes. So I'm not going to just do something just to do it. Um, let's see what else. I think that's it. So, guys, hold on. Guess what? Guess what? Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm told y'all last episode. I'm here with these sounds that I found the sound app. But I have a guest today, and this guest is new as an episode guest. So this is the first time of her being on the platform in this capacity, but she's actually been on the show on both of the spoken word nights. So everybody in the universe, the Potterverse, the YouTube verse, wherever you're listening or watching, everybody welcome to the platform for the first time as a regular podcast guest. Lindsay or LNZ, but I'm gonna be calling her Lindsay because that's her name. So yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, thank you. Thank you. You guys are so great. So Lindsay, 
Yes, ma'am. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This episode has been in the making for a while because Lindsay is someone who I like I have you guys have seen a lot of content creators and podcasters as guests, but I have friends that I knew prior to podcasting that I've had in my mind that I want to have on the show, but it had to be in the right timing, the right capacity and all these things. And so I wanted to have her on like when I first started, which was two years ago, but I really felt like I was supposed to wait. And um, I'm glad that I did because she got to be familiar with it through the spoken word nights. And this series is like the perfect time to bring her on because she and I are very parallel in a lot of things. And she's kind of like the epitome of Jack, the Jackie of all trades. You know what I'm saying? Not the Jack of all trades, the Jackie of all trades, but Lindsay. Hello. <laughs> What's up? I'm fantastic. I'm excited. I'm nervous, but this is going to be fun. So let's roll huh? with it. <laughs> That's funny. Of uh, The nervous part. All right. So Lindsay is man. Why don't you tell them what all, what do you do professionally? We'll start there. What do you um, do professionally? Professionally, I am a licensed cosmetologist, licensed barber, and licensed barber instructor. Mm. So I specialize in hair and education of hair. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. my professional title. Right. So I've learned a ton about just the industry and certain cuts because Lindsay and I have been friends for 12 years, which at the time that this episode airs is our it's our anniversary, anniversary. yeah hey. anniversary hey. so Lindsay and I randomly met in a small group 12 years ago we met actually before our anniversary but our anniversary is the first time we hung out and I don't know why I don't have any other anniversaries with any of my other friends like but we first time we ever hung out um was December 2nd and we um yeah we met in the small group and it was super random because she's just one of those people that I didn't know her she didn't know me but whatever we were both going through at that time was very similar and so we're sharing and then we're just talking and then I just remember I was like oh yeah what's your name and that's just this funny little thing that everybody thought was funny because they thought we knew each other because we just really clicked and we've just kind of stayed friends since then through all different seasons of life and all that good stuff and so I've learned a ton about just hair hair care and all that stuff from Lindsay and the, the cool thing is that Lindsay which if you're watching you know this but if you're not watching Lindsay is a white woman but she is a white woman who I have allowed to do my hair and if you know anything about Sheba if you pay attention as I've been talking, I'm not going to just let just anybody touch my hair. She's cut my cut and colored. When mm -hmm. if you follow me on Instagram and you've seen the blonde pictures of my youngest daughter, she's cut and colored her hair. She's pretty soon going to be cutting, I think, and coloring or whatever Kayliana has going on. So it's like this is somebody who has been intentional about making sure that she can service everybody. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody deserves to feel and look good and all that good stuff. So what made you... Oh, you know what? I forgot about this. 
we're not gonna we're gonna go somewhere else for a second before we get too far it's a good thing i looked at my hold on so i saw a tweet segment we've given you a little bit about Lindsay's, you know what she does professionally we'll get back to more on her in a second but the i saw a tweet segment now we're gonna discuss this tweet i just thought it was super interesting and yeah so hold on i'm gonna put it on the screen so you'll see it okay so let's talk about iphone read receipts real quick i thought this would just be a fun thing this isn't your tweet a lot of times when guests come on the show well i've actually really done this main so mainly with jbug and juice shout out to them um, where I will show your tweet. It just kind of depends on the episode and whatever. So I don't always do. But you're not on Twitter. So I can't do that to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So and if y'all heard that sound, sorry, my kids are, they bypass my do not disturb. So apologize for that. But Lindsay's not on Twitter. So I saw this other tweet and we are both iphone users and so i just thought it would be something interesting to talk about and then if y'all let it let me know your thoughts on this when you hear this tweet at me dm me whatever because you know so shout out to the grand grand scheme of things pod which i'm pretty sure bruce runs their twitter so shout out to them but what he or maybe Deja, but I'm I feel like they've said Bruce runs the Twitter. One of them had tweeted, okay, and said, Y'all be turning your read receipts off, leave them on. You ain't gotta respond to nothing you don't want to, and then has some angry blowing smoke out of your nose emojis. So shout out to them. So Lindsay. Do you have your read receipts on or off on your iPhone and why? On. Mm. Um, on. Definitely on. Just because I, I like to know if somebody's at least received the message. Um, and I also like to let them know that I've received the message. I think one of the things with communication just in general with people is we live like in the instant society mm-hmm. where it's like if you – if you read something, you're supposed to respond immediately, but there's times that you can't respond immediately. Mm-hmm. You're, you're occupied or it pops up on your phone. So I leave it on. And if I don't say anything after a couple of days, chances are I'm probably not going to say anything. Mm. <laughs> but I just, I leave mine on for sure. So I have mine off. And for me, I don't want people to know whether or not I've read there. Like I don't, if, especially if it's something that I don't want to respond to. Like, I get that you don't have to respond to what you don't want to respond to. That's true. But I think in some instances, which if I'm honest, prime example, sometimes my kids will text me and I will read it, but I can't respond right away or whatever. And for whatever reason, I just would rather have people think I didn't read it than I read it because of the whole people feel like you should respond right away. And it's not that I have to respond right away because I know I don't, but I, I think sometimes 
people feel better when they think you didn't respond. And I don't know. You're on mute, though. I know. Okay. Well, no, don't. Don't go on mute. You can laugh. People need to know that I'm funny out here. You know what I'm saying? That's not why I muted, but okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Anyways, yeah. So, like, I don't know. For me, I have mine off. I never really thought about whatever, but I always felt like I don't want people to know I read their message. And it's, you know, it is one of my One of my friends, he does the same thing for the same reason, because he's busy and he's at work. And sometimes you read a message, you forget that you read a message and then you didn't respond. People see you that you read it and then they're just mad because you yeah. didn't respond. It really has nothing to do with that. So mm-hmm. there's, I think there's pros and cons to both for sure. Yeah. Cause I definitely have read a message, couldn't respond because I, especially gosh, right now, depending on like my son just texts me and y'all heard it, but I'm recording. So, but I didn't look at it anyway. I just know his ringtone. And so it's kind of like, Sometimes I will read stuff. I'm getting really bad at that now where I'm reading it when I'm in the middle of doing something. Then I'm like, okay, I'll respond later and then I'll forget. And I wish that you could make iPhone. Listen, Apple, if you are hearing, if you are under the sound of my voice, this is what I need y'all to do when y'all do the next update. We don't need no more emojis. We don't need some of this stuff that y'all add and what we do need, which would be super great and super helpful for the super busy person who looks at a text message and can't respond, but needs the notification as a prompt to remind them to respond. If I could make a red text message unread again, like I can with uh, Facebook messenger, Instagram DMS, I don't think you can with Twitter but if I could do that, that would be great because then I could read it and then if I forget, like I won't forget because that notification will be there. So if y'all could work on that, that'd be great. But moving on, since I figured we're both iPhone users, I figured that'd be a good tweet to share. Shout out to, again, Grand Scheme of Things podcast even though they need to drop another episode, but it's okay. If y'all hear me, y'all hear me. I got to start tweeting back at people. I've been kind of letting y'all slide lately because I've been super busy. But those of y'all who are slacking, I'm, I'm, I'm coming for y'all again. I'm coming for y'all. But anywho, back to the topic at hand. So Lindsay, Lindsay is a cosmetologist, barber, and a cosmetologist barber instructor at a college here in the Nebraska area you know what I mean um so what made you okay so how long have you been not the teaching side of things but the hair side of things how long have you been cosmetologist and barber because I'm learning I know those are separate things because I remember when you got you know all of that because I was there so going through, I mean, I always joke that I came out of the womb with shears and a comb because when <laughs> I was two, three, four, there's videos of me doing hair. So like doing hair was something that I always naturally gravitated towards. Um, it was February 2007 that I actually went to school for cosmetology and I finished up uh, that program and then did the dual licensing program, which was continuing education and barbering, which obviously cosmetology focuses predominantly on me- uh, female services and barbering. 
focuses on male services. So mm-hmm. I wanted education in both um, so that I could, could do both. So um, I graduated with that in 2009, worked in several uh, different types of places um, as far as um, like company own booth rent, because there's multiple options, commission, booth rent, um, and then hourly pay. I worked in multiple salons and barbershops that offered both. I got a lot of experience right out the gate. And then three years after graduation, I was called and asked if I wanted to become an educator um, to the school that I went to. So I chose to take that leap and went down there and got my assistant barber instructor's license first, and then went through the cosmetology instructor's program as well. So what's the difference? You mentioned uh, company, booth rent, and something, I think you said commit hourly. What's hourly. the difference? Yeah. What's the difference as far as take home first per service? Like, let's say there's a $150 service. What is the difference in what you take home in each of those scenarios? It depends. If you're working for an hourly spot, they're going to pay you an hourly wage, whether it's $12, $15, $16, $20, regardless of the amount of dollar amount of service that you mm. provide, you're going to get an hourly wage. When you work commission, you're going to get a percentage. So some places do 60-40, some do 50-50, um, some do 30-70. It just depends. Um, 30-70 probably would not be the best unless you're taking home the 70. But right. a lot of times, a lot of times um, salons and barbershops will help you and they'll give you an hourly rate so that you have a source of income while you're building your clientele until you get to the point that you started to exceed what the hourly income would would give you and they'll transfer you up to a higher commission base. So you get a percentage of the service. So if you did 150 and it was um, 50, 50, you would take home 75 of that service and the salon and or barbership would take 75 um, as well. So depending upon who you work for and how that goes down and your skill level, your clientele level and the types of services that you provide can either deter or actually add to the value of your income. You also have um, your booth rent, which is where you are responsible for paying paying rent to a independent contractor, uh, and you'll basically pay two hundred and fifty dollars a month or two hundred and fifty dollars a week, depending upon whatever they ch- they charge you. So you have to make your services enough to be able to pay that booth rent for the week, but then also so that you can buy your product. You're also responsible if you're an independent contractor like that. You're responsible for your own taxes. For your sales tax, you have to know, um, save on every dollar that you earn, you have to have the tax to pay in at the end of the year because you're responsible for that. So there's multiple different um, ways to go about running the business. A lot of times people, when they first graduate, they choose to go to a place that'll give them an hourly or at least commission. Mm -hmm. Booth rent is it for people who've been cutting for a long period of time that have a great clientele but they came to get their license to make it official and to make it legitimate so that they can do it as a legitimate source of income. So uh, sometimes those people, when they do booth rent, they're very successful, but a lot of times booth rent is one of your last steps that you take when building your clientele. Mm. And, but when you are paying booth rent, you get all of your money from each client, correct? Correct. Everything that you get, everything that you get is your, is your dollars, your, is your money. So whatever you charge for that service, that's what you're going to get. But again, you have to be mindful that each dollar that you earn, you have to also pay the taxes on. So you have to make sure that you have um, the system set up in place so that you can do it properly and legally. So that at the end of the year, when it comes down to tax times, 
you, you know what to do. You want to keep all your receipts for the product that you purchase and everything like that, because it all plays a part of it. Mm, interesting. And I've watched you like in all of the different environments, which one would you say was your favorite type of setup like I know you're teaching now and I know you actually still do hair but out of when you were solely you know doing hair which one of those was your favorite environments and why it's such a catch-22 because like I said I actually helped a salon um, close I had worked at a salon um, while I was finishing barbering and I got an opportunity to move to another salon which actually specialized and like textured hair. I wanted to learn how to do relaxers, sew-ins, you know, braids, dreads, like all of the above. So I was able to transition into a salon um, where it was, you know, it was a black salon. That's what I did. I went in and I learned and it was hourly. I got an hourly wage and I was able to build relationship with the, with the team around me. And then when that salon actually closed down, one of the other coworkers who was my mentor just in life and in hair in general, she's an amazing woman. Shout out Miss Leslie. She's phenomenal. <laughs> Come on now, Lindsay. <laughs> Come on, Lindsay. Come on, girl. That's definitely Miss Leslie down in Tupelo, Mississippi. Love Miss Leslie. Anyways, she, um, her and I went over to another salon that was just starting. So I got to experience what it was like to help somebody who, you know, close a salon that had been there for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. It was at the end of her you know, experience and go over to the other one, which was a couple doors down with a coworker and that was booth rent. So um, that was interesting because I was just kind of fresh in that market, fresh in that experience and learning stuff. So um, I had to come up, you know, with my booth rent and do whatever, but thankfully there was just a, there was a steady flow and there was steady opportunity for me to um, stay busy. I had friends and family, obviously, but I also had referrals and being on the base actually helped a lot um, because it was in Bellevue. I actually had multiple opportunities with a diverse group of people to be able to learn because there was a steady influx of people. So it, it was awesome. And a lot of people actually really enjoyed the location because they didn't have to travel to the other end of town mm -hmm. to receive a service that they wanted to receive. So it was, that was great. So that environment I loved um, financially. I mean, I made it, I did it, but then um, I wasn't really turning a profit. I think one of the main things that people come to when it comes to starting a business, especially within booth rent, it takes a good three to five years to really be able to see any substantial profit. You have to hit your overhead. And a lot of times, you know, you're just getting enough to get whatever as you're building and as you're going. Um, and that salon had actually changed ownership. And then when it had changed ownership, the opportunity for me to teach came. And that was something I always wanted to do. So I there's, there's pros and cons to each. I mean, hourly is great, but then that's all you're going to make. You're not going to make anything yeah. more. And if you're doing a $300 service and you're only making $15 an hour, you're kind of like, um, excuse me, like I could be making $300 for that service. So mm -hmm. it's like, it comes down to your management of your time, your finance and your skill set, really to be able to know which one you can be like, which, which one you can sustain. Okay. So you said that three years after you graduated, you became an instructor. So is that normally how quickly that happens is my first question. But then part two of that is what made you actually decide that you wanted to add that to basically your resume of things that you do? Well, being in, being in Barber College, actually, when I was doing the dual licensing program, teaching was something that I had always expressed like some sort of passion in. I wanted to teach or I wanted to own either a school or a barbershop and salon, which we have that name, but we'll save that for now. 
Because um, I don't want anybody jacking my idea because it's a good girl, one. So I'm going to keep that listen, one to myself. I already you, know. You got to. People be out here stealing. Facts. It actually happened to a coworker. She put her idea out there and one of the students who graduated actually took it and ran with mm. it. So mm. it does happen. But anyways, um, I had gotten the call. Normally it takes, uh, in the state of Nebraska, it was at least three years of professional experience outside of your graduation date were required in order for you to be a licensed instructor. I'm not 100% certain, but I do believe it's five years now. They've actually asked for more development time and more experience mm -hmm. um, in the industry to come back and teach. I do believe there are some, there's some wiggle room with certain things. I'm not 100% positive mm -hmm. um, because I've been away for three years and I'm just stepping back into it. I've been in it for like six months again. So um, I got to get in all the facts and all the details. Teaching is something I always wanted to do. And once the director of the program was leaving, they were racking their brains trying to figure out who they could call. And they were like, you know what? She always wanted to do something. Let's see if maybe she would be interested um, in coming down and having a discussion. Now, when I originally went to have a conversation, I just was thought it was going to be like an educational program. I didn't know that I was actually being offered a job job. I thought it was just like, hey, are you interested? This is what the program would look like. Come down and check it out. So when I went down to gather the information, it was actually the interview. <laughs> I was like, oh, mm -hmm. Okay. This is happening, but um, it's definitely something that it was always on my heart and something that I wanted to do. So I'm, I'm glad that I did it. Um, and like I said, three years for me was my experience time that I had to have to make it happen. And so we've heard about Lindsay as the cosmetologist, barber, and instructor. So between... Kazi, because this is what she normally says. She doesn't normally say cosmetologist, but right. I'm trying to make sure y'all know what we talk about. So Kazi Barber, which is your favorite service to provide and why? Okay, <laughs> so this is actually funny because I legit love multiple services within this industry. The environment that I choose or that I feel most comfortable in is actually the barber environment. There is anybody, um, anybody who's listening, you already know if you're male, female, regardless of where you kind of reside, whatever it is, there's usually a spot that you have a preference to. You either like to be in the man cave or you like to be with the ladies when girls go get their nails done. You know, there's a whole vibe. Now, it's not to say that men and women can't get services in either or because that's one of the beautiful things about you know, the time that we live in and the day that we are in, it's like we love people and we love servicing everybody. So you want to make anybody and everybody feel welcome. So even if it is predominantly like a barbershop that is geared towards men, um, I know multiple shops that still try to provide an opportunity for women to come in and feel comfortable, especially for women who wear short haircuts and want to get that type of service. Um, so I personally like doing, uh, I worked with a lot of natural hair for a long time. I actually was in a had a bunch of people that I had transitioned from relaxers into natural hair uh, in one and two of the salons that I was at. And I did some education in the last salon that I was at before I moved to Miami um, and showed a lot of people. There was a, a guest that we had who uh, got relaxers for the past like 30 years, whatever the case was. She wasn't able to get in with a regular stylist. She came with me and I was going through and educating some of the newer stylists who had come into the salon while why I was doing what I was doing, how I was doing it, and the purpose. And she had a great experience. She actually ended up coming to me and she cried when I left. I mean, she was like, oh my gosh, like this is phenomenal. I was able to get the service that I've been looking for and it was great. So I really enjoyed those types of services, but I really also enjoyed in the same salon. I had a bunch of, um, I, we were located downtown Omaha 
close to a college, close, close to Creighton. And I had a bunch of college kids. There was a whole group of them. They would book out for the whole day and little young Thundercats, they'd come over <laughs> and they'd get their hair done. And I would just be literally chopping them up one after one. And one of the things that I always did with my male services was I would do a scalp massage and a neck shave um, because that was one of the things that I thought added value to the experience as well as just the, you know, the, the hard skill of having the haircut. So I enjoyed doing that as well because in a salon or in a barbershop, when you're grind, 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 busy, 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 when I would do the scalp massage, it would like slow me down and get me calm just like it would get them calm. So there's multiple. I, but for me, like I said, I kind of like the barbershop environment because barbers are like, they talk stuff, they joke around, <laughs> like it's a little bit more laid back where salons sometimes can be a little like, I don't know, I don't maybe bougie is the right word. I don't mm. know. Like I just like more of a laid back chill environment. I grew up with two older brothers, so I'm comfortable being around, you know, kind of the male industry um, and, and just kind of rocking with that. So I like being able to provide all services. But like I said, for me, the environment that I usually prefer is actually the barbershop environment. You know, I never really thought about the difference in environments in a salon versus a barbershop, which I mean, I've taken my son to get his hair cut. So I know the barbershop environment. I've been in salons, but for the past, gosh, I don't know how many years, the salons, the stylist that I've had done my hair, I'd say for over a decade, they had their own spot. So there wasn't all of that extra that's in a salon with multiple stylists, multiple clients at the same time. So I kind of, yeah, bougie or like men joking and women joking in general is just different. Men, yes, that is what they do. They, they bag on each other or they flame each other or whatever language you use to call it, poke fun at each other. But then females, there's just a, it's petty when that happens. Like, that's not, you gotta, like, I joke like that, but I joke like that with people that I know I can joke like that with because not everybody is that way. And so I guess I never really thought about the difference in the environments, but that makes sense. But also, like I said, that's why the stylist that I use, I appreciate that they're the only stylist, even, and it's not even like one of them, she has a, had a, probably still does a stylist. I mean, a salon like set up in her basement and it wasn't like no bootleg stuff. It was legit. The other one, my braider, that's who I've really been going to for yep. the past however many years she started off in home. And then now she's renting a suite in a thing by the West roads, but she's still the only one in her suite. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, um, it can be different because my nail tech, for example, she started off with her nail salon in her basement. Again, yep. not bootleg. And now she's in a suite downtown and she has another nail tech in there. And the, the lady is super sweet. So it's not like it's messy, but it already is a different environment because there's somebody else in there and it's just not just me and her. So like even conversation... I'm talking to both of you while you're in there. You know, it's so it is different. Yeah, but it it's cool so far. I've only actually been once since the, you know, other person, because the first time I went, she wasn't there. So, yeah. All right. So let's switch to another side of Lindsay, Lindsay, the creator. So Lindsay, 
is a spoken word artist. You already know that if you've seen her with myself and Pinrose, shout out to him. She's a singer and she even was a part of the praise team at a church that she was at. She's a rapper, which she and I have done songs together. It's been a long time. Yeah, and that. And she's also a music producer because what you hear at the beginning of my podcast every time you listen, not only did she create that, like she performed it, but she also produced it. Like I get, like she didn't create the beat. Shout out to Tyrell for that. He did that, but she produced it. She put it together. She did all of that. And she does that a lot with different stuff. She is not always, but often sending me songs to listen to that she's working on, created (laughs) and all that stuff. And it's so funny because I had to become a better friend in like listening to it right away. Cause a lot of times, again, if I'm busy, it's like, uh, I don't have time to listen to this. And then I would sometimes forget. So I kind of had to get better shout out for the grace that she's given me like throughout our friendship, but I had to get better at, okay, let me just listen to this right away. And like, not wait because I know I'll forget if I don't do it now. But how long have you been doing all this? Like you, and this isn't even all of that she does. There's more that we're going to discuss, but how long have you been writing, singing, rapping, music, producing all first, (laughs) first of all, you already know, like in our, in the conversation earlier in this episode, when you're talking about getting getting busy or getting distracted, even with red receipts, whenever I send you something, I'm never worried about if you listen to it right then and there. I know <laughs> how it goes. You know how it goes when you send me voice memos and it takes me a minute to respond. Yeah, I'll, I'll hurry. I'll respond. You are. We've been through this enough to know. Yeah. So you don't have to feel any type of way about any of that. But anyways, okay. So moving forward, um, first song I wrote, I was 11, mm. and it was with one of my neighbors. Um, okay. And it was a little gospel song when I, I was did, I never knew that because I've never asked you that. That's yeah. Cool. Um, and I'll, I'll share it with you sometime, just not right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so really, honestly, it's really just more of like, it's been a part of how through tragedy and through just um, trial that I've been through in my life, it really became a coping mechanism. It became mm-hmm. taking pain and turning it into something different. I've never been out here. I know my ability, like I'm not like out here, Mariah Carey, Christina Aguilera, Whitney Houston, like, you know, it's not my thing, but like the genuine authentic expression of what I'm going through, I think is, is one of the things that has helped me turn something, turn pain into beauty, um, beauty for ashes type of thing, and just really Mm -hmm. be able to process through stuff. Um, And it's, it's fun. Like, it's just fun to be able to create stuff. So um, I've done uh, with your intro, that was the first time I had ever done anything like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, is it, is, are we going to like it? Like what's going <laughs> to happen? You know, you're nervous. Cause it's one thing when you do it for yourself. I think, mm. I think anything with artistic, um, creation and content, shout out to lady T Tamara with the, I create dope <laughs> content, legit, yes, appreciate um, it. but like legit, um, because she does. And I do too. And I think one of the things that, uh, it comes down to for me is like, it was always an expression of self. I did it for myself. I didn't do it for other people. So the people that I do share it with is because I know that they understand the value of the interaction. They understand why I'm sharing it or, or they understand why I went through what I went through to get to even that point. 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes stuff will be put on my heart that'll make that's not even for me. You already know, mm-hmm. um, because it's something they're going through and it's just a way to share. So really I've been doing it for a long time. I would actually really like to get one of my goals in it was for 20, um, 2021, but I think for 2022 is I have a song that I actually want to go in and professionally record. I want to go into a studio and have it professionally mastered. And then that's one of the skill sets that I want to grow on as well. I just mess around on GarageBand, figure some stuff out. I don't have, I had a mic, but I need to get it replaced. So um, one of those, uh, one of those goals for me is to like really grow and to figure out how to actually master some of it and to take in other programs. I really want to look into Pro Tools um, and mess around with Pro Tools because I know that there's a bunch of options within that as well. So it's something I've done for a long time as a release and as a creative outlet, but actually refining the skill set um, is something that I want to do. And it's actually something I'm, I've been working on, but want to be more diligent about it in the near future. Mm. So does only trials inspire you or what else inspires you? Because I've heard, I mean, she's written so- a song that was for me and that wasn't inspired by tragedy. You've written a lot of different songs. So like what else, or you've written so many different spoken word pieces. And she and I have been, ultimately performing together for years like us doing this on my platform is now me living out a dream that I always had to be able to host these things but she and I have been performing together at I mean we would go to this like there was a club here in town and they would have open mic and then we've been a part of structured events and all that so what inspires you like what are the different type of things that can inspire you to write or create a song or even because sometimes you just create beats or produce and put stuff together but you don't even do anything with it you know what I mean so like what inspires you to even just do all of that so I think with that it's it's just life in general whether it's a happy event whether it's a sadder event or whatever the case is I think for me it just gives me the outlet, like I said, it's just something a lot of times I, I refer to it as being in the vein and anybody who does any type of poetry, music or whatever it is, whether you're playing, doing instrumentation, playing the piano, playing the guitar, um, or if you're singing or performing a word, doing whatever you're doing, it's what I call in the vein. Like you just get in that moment and it's a little awkward kind of getting in, but then all of a sudden you're just, you're just in the vein. You're just flowing down that ocean and it just comes out like water and you just roll with it. A lot of times I'll go to like YouTube, download like certain type beats, like a, a whole vibe. Like if I'm in, like, I really like Alina Perez. I like J. Cole type beats. I like Drake type beats. I even like, oh, like old school, like Tupac type beats. So mm. like, I'll look up these different types of instrumentals and then there'll be the name of the track, whatever the artist, you know, felt inspired to name it when they wrote it. And sometimes I'll just listen to the beat and the beat will tell me what it's trying to say. And I just Mm. hear it and I just write it out. Uh, A lot of times what I'll do is I'll turn on the beat, I'll record it and I'll freestyle. Tamara, you know, this process, I'll open it up. I'll, I'll just lay out whatever comes out and then I'll be like, okay, that's kind of dope. And then I'll chop and edit from there. So Tamara uh, used to be like, okay, don't send me the song if it's not finished. (laughs) But I'm like, it's part of the process. Like this is how I do it. Because it's like, okay, what should I do here? What should I do there? And like, sometimes I just get so excited, like, yo, that actually came out of me. 
And if I could, I mean, ghostwriting and songwriting, I can't always produce the sound that I hear or how I feel it. But I know mm. that there are people who have the vocal ability to do so. So like ghostwriting and like literally writing for other people's songs, I'm telling you, I got bangers for days. Like mm -hmm. I legit can do it. And I know that other people could take it and run with it, write the vision, make it plain so that others can run with it. Literally mm -hmm. like here it is, have it down and have it go. So it's just life in general. I mean, sometimes it's like, I'd be funny. Like there's, uh, there's one that I have called fast food pickup lines where I'm just clowning dudes talking like how they're comparing to fast food and like stuff like that. That one, That's an old one. Um, but I don't think I've heard that one. Oh, I'll, I'll send it to you. I'm sure you have. Okay. You'd be like, oh yeah, I've heard this. I've heard this one. Um, but anyways, so it just really comes down to life experience. And if I need to, to process through something or share something or just be creative and just be funny, Sometimes when I'm bored at the house after I've been listening to books, I've been listening to podcasts, uh, reading books and doing stuff like that. But sometimes I'll just go turn on a beat and just drop out whatever comes out. That's actually how your song, the one that I just sent you recently came out. I, it wasn't anything in anything. I just turned it on and that's what it was. And then it came out. I was <laughs> like, oh, this is definitely Tamara. Like, let me send this mm. to her. So it just depends on, you know, what's happening. All right. And more recently, which this is interesting because I know that this kind of almost runs in your DNA, this next creative endeavor, because I know that your dad is heavy into this as well as your brother. Shout out to them. But photography, more recently, I've seen you, I'm not going to say just start taking pictures because that wouldn't be true, but like being more intentional about it and kind of trying to actually do it and I know that when you were in Miami you did the videography for that artist or the music artist and so it's kind of like Data. what made you really have you always been into it and now you're just trying to get more serious about it or what sparked that interest so I think a lot of it has to do with um and this is honestly true, like faith-based, like if we're made in the image of something, then I feel like the images that we create should reflect that. Mm. And I feel like that there's a lot of, everyone's trying to capture something and every picture that you take, you tell a story and you portray either the scene or the individual or whatever it is in a certain type of way. So we all have, you know, with any, with anything, there's always something stereotypical about a woman, a man, black, white, Mexican, Asian, there's always something that, you know, there's a, a general idea about it, but it's like taking a photo and taking something and creating a different narrative based on an image that you see, like, it's easy for, it's easy for women to be super, you know, beautiful in photos and seductive in certain ways, but to like capture the essence of the beauty of a woman with no seduction, like that's like hardly, you know, un it's like unheard of. People don't try to do that. So I feel like just trying to see things differently and trying to show them differently. And I, I kind of create, my dad actually said it and he said it was like taking an image and showing something to somebody that they've seen a hundred times, but showing it in a way they've never seen it before. Mm. which I think is legit. It's like the gift of how you view things and how you see things. You're the one who's creating it. And I, there's another photographer in Omaha, TT, um, super legit, um, who says he's not a photographer. He's an artist with a camera. And mm. it's the ability to capture things and share things with the world um, in a different way. So I think for me, it became more or less like I have really creative ideas with my skill set of being able to do hair and makeup and stage different scenes, assisting different photographers. It's like, I have a message I want to get out to the world with the images that I create and that I share. 
So um, going back through my IG, you can see where it really started and how it was more or less about kind of me and my life. And then it became more about different images and different stories. Mm -hmm. So it's always been, and my, my uncle is a like Fulbright scholar, been over to Russia, done international studies on art history. My grandpa was huge into art. Both my, my brother down in Miami started a photography studio. So, I mean, it's definitely something that's there, but it's only been within the past like three years that I've really, I've had different ideas for certain things, but it was only within the past three years that I really actually started to try to like educate myself in it and try to get more involved. Um, and to get certain equipment to be able to make it happen. Mm. What are your favorite types of photos to take? Oh, I love black and whites. I just do. There's something so timeless and classic about a black and white. It's just beautiful because it's like when you kept, when you capture the scene in the image and there's no added color to it and you see all the details for what it is, it's just like, I don't know. It just, it's timeless to me, but I also like certain abstract things. And I like um, taking the concept of something and being able to see like a truth in something uh, and, and capturing it with the photo. Um, like, okay, like the truth that, uh, you know, weeping may endure at night, but joy comes in the morning. And then having a video or having a picture of like a beautiful sunrise in the morning. Like when you really stop to look at a sunrise, it's actually breathtaking. It's beautiful. Like that's an actual truth that it's just like, wow, like here we are again with the, with a new rise of the new dawn of the new day. Um, so stuff like that, stuff that makes you look at something that would normally seem basic or that you would totally just look over, but then amplifying a, a principle or a truth behind it. That's one of the things that I enjoy doing it. It requires like thought into what it is that you're seeing instead of just seeing something, you're literally observing it and being like, wow, and you're getting, you're getting messages. And so to be able to capture it and then share it with people, I think is legit. Mm. Now you kind of talked a little bit about this when you said doing photo shoots for um, people who are, you know, you're styling hair or you're doing the makeup. I know you've done that too. But that aside, are there times that there is crossover where maybe spoken word flows into doing hair or teaching school or photography flows into that to where you kind of, they complement each other or they work together or you know something like that to where I know that styling hair in and of itself is a creative expression because I never thought of it that way until you and I have talked about that but that aside is there times where like your passions collide and kind of work together 100% um, recently I did a photo shoot at the school with one of the students and we created kind of like an old school effect. He's more of like the vintagey barber with the hone and strop, like old school, traditional, very like classic, clean vintage. And for some of y'all who don't know me, I normally do. I mean, if you look at my kitchen swag, it's a little like old school. I do a lot of old school pinup hair and stuff like that. So creating that um, whole look, I had the outfit, the hair, sat under a hooded dryer, like we had newspapers, the, the razors, you know, all of it and really creating um, a modernized version of like an old school photo and really being intentional about the scene around us and how, you know, everything kind of looked in the background as part of it. One of the things that I would love to do and, and doing this is kind of like the intro to that is um, social media is so, is so important to modern business and building, um, and, you know, content that is actually effective and communicates a message is also equally as important. So, 
being able to equip students with their hair skills and also a photography skill to help build that online portfolio. Because in the back in the day, you would take a couple pictures and you would print it out and put it in like a book, right? Mm -hmm. And you would have that type of portfolio. But having your online presence and having a physical representation of that. So like creating an actual photo shoot to represent a certain type of barber or a certain type of cut, I think is something that where that definitely crosses over into one of the things that I want to do too, is also create some videos, educational um, and whatnot about the industry to Mm. be able to communicate information to people um, with regards to that. So there's multiple opportunities. Um, We have a couple students now that are always constantly singing that have done some stuff that have led some teams and done whatever. And it's like, Oh, it's like, Oh, well, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be there. I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. It's a chance to network there as well. So yeah, there definitely is opportunity for crossover because you can have conversation at an event where somebody's like, Oh, well, this was legit. I loved your hair color too. Who does your hair? It's like, Oh me, I do hair. I know somebody and you can connect people with people. And just the overall networking between industries, I mean, one doesn't really go without the other. You have to have a little bit of all of the above and able to, you know, really step into that arts part of it. Yeah. Networking is super important. Networking etiquette is so important. Making things mutually beneficial is beautiful. And I'm really realizing that content creation is and it was, which is where I've kind of shifted what I call myself a content creator. I don't just call myself a podcaster, not because there's anything wrong if the only way that you create content is podcasting, but because there are multiple different ways that I am creating content and doing things for my show, my business, even blogging, and even just to advertise things. You know, content is literally just what you put out there on the internet for people to consume. You know what I mean? But I think that we are in a day and age where there is so much free advertising with social media. My hair products that I use, I use a lot of the Miel Organics line. I found out about it on Instagram and I'm, and now I see it in Target, Walmart and Mid K, which is like a, hair supply store here in town that's predominantly catering to ethnic people, people with textured hair, black folks, you know what I mean? But like, I didn't find out about it in a store. I found out about it online. And then after I, cause they had like a sponsored ad after I saw the sponsored ad online, there's actually a singer that I follow Sammy, which most of y'all have probably heard of him. So he has, um, I think he has locks now, but I've kind of watched his hair journey as I've been following him. And it's funny because I don't follow, there's only like specific celebrities that I follow and it's kind of random at times. But one time someone asked him what he used in his hair and he said it again. So then there was that, okay, I saw your sponsored ad. I see he's having it. And then after that, I saw they had like a sale where you could, buy whatever product on their site for $6. So I bought a a bunch of different stuff just to kind of like, you know, get a feel for whatever. And then now that I have returned to letting Sheba be out here in the world, you know, (laughs) I've been a lot more intentional about, okay, what is my hair porosity? You know, stuff like that. But the point of all this is, is content creation 
yeah, I, I follow a lot of hairstylists that they don't even live here. I follow yeah. a lot of nail techs that don't live here that I will never like be able to, or even I have a nail tech, so I would never cheat on Jamie. Shout out to her, but love you it. know what I mean? But I follow a lot of people just because they have dope imagery of what they do. I would probably never get locks, but I follow people that are like lock stylists that style them in different ways. You know what I mean? So there definitely yeah. is, it's important to have crossover because if you put something out there, you have to put it out there, which kind of ties into your branding. Like that's the first impression that someone will get of you. They may not meet you, but they may see your work online, such as my nail tech. I didn't meet her in person first. My old nail tech was moving away. She suggested a couple people. My current nail tech was one of them. Then I found out that Lindsay knows her. Because so she then, used to be my client. And I was the one yeah. who told her about the nail school. Like, yeah. Jamie and I have gone back. We go back, too. Yeah. She's so, legit. She is yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And so I was a, she was able to put in a good word for me because she wasn't accepting new clients at first. So I was patient because I saw her work. I saw that I wanted to her to do my nails. So I waited and I just kept watching and she's always doing videos or pictures or whatever. And she's very intentional about the way that she does it. And as a result of that, now she has a suite and has a second nail tech and like she's on vacation and she's like, I'm on vacation to this time, but this person may have some openings who is really good as well. I've watched her. I follow her on Instagram too. Again, she's not going to do my nails because Jamie's doing them, but I just like seeing the content that different industries will put out. It's very inspiring or you know, different people get inspiration from different nail tech. So like I may take a picture and be like, hey, this is what I want. It's really rare. Most of the time, I don't even know what I want when I go there. And she understands that about me. But <laughs> every now and then, every once in a blue moon, I am prepared with something that either I saw that she did before or that someone else did. And she will tag the person that it was inspired by if she does someone else's. Or if it's something that she's done, it's like people don't know what you can do until they see what you can do. So it's so important to put all that content out there. So yeah, but I like, I've seen the photo shoots you've done because you've shown me the ones with the students. So that's cool to see that. I'm a fan of that error it's it's just very classy and timeless and it, it's not all about the being sexual and all that stuff it's just like the beauty that you see in these women is really like exuding from within so it's like it's not because she's half naked in some lingerie they were like fully, fully skirts down to their ankles back then almost or calf length or whatever. How about she said calf length? But you yeah. Because you know it's true. But it's like, but you still see just the feminine essence of them or even the males with the suits and like when they smoke cigarettes, they had the little fancy metal thing and just all this stuff like, I don't dress like that, but I'm a fan of that error from like a 
consumer standpoint and like viewing it. So yeah. Now as a creative, one word, how would you describe yourself as a creative? So I had a conversation with a coworker today. I went into work and I was like, yo, so I'm going to describe myself in one word as a creative. And the, the word that I came up with was authentic. Mm. Because what I produce is liter- is literally me. It's real. It's raw. It's genuine. It is what it is. It is a th- it is authentic. So if I if I'm creating a song or if I'm creating um, a picture or I'm doing something, it's from a genuine place. Because they say what's in your what's inside of your heart comes out right from mm-hmm. from the mouth the ab- the abundance of the heart speaks. So mm-hmm. when I'm creating something or doing something, it's because of something that I'm going through or something that I've seen that's relevant to where I'm at and to my story and to my struggle or to my even the glory of whatever it is that I'm that I'm facing. So I would I would definitely say authentic. It's not always like perfect per se, but it's it's very real and it's very much a part of how I'm seeing or how I'm feeling something. So mm-hmm. I try to share that part because a lot of times you know, in a, in a world and the, the flip side with, you know, all the content that we create um, and the things that we put out is, you know, everything's always usually super filtered, super whatever, and it has to be perfect every inch of everything. But it's like, I think that's one of the values, you know, and even within my industry, having that, having a personal connection that's authentic and genuine. It's not the, it's not even the service that, you know, we provide as, as cosmetologists or barbers. To people, a lot of times it's a relationship that you build with people. It's mm-hmm. your your ability to communicate and to serve them based on what it is that they need and or want um, via the power of suggestion or just your skill set. Being able to have that interaction with people and have it be genuine and have it be authentic is usually what keeps people. It's also not about the absence of a mistake. You may put on the wrong guard sometime. I've seen it happen in student life. I've seen it happen in professional life. You know, someone says they want a one all over. Well, do you want an eighth of an inch or do you want an inch all over? Like there are two very different measurements. And if you make the wrong assessment based on not being thorough enough with your with your call, like you have to there's a mistake that's been made. And it's not about the absence of them at stake, but it's about how you handle it when you make it. And so I think a a lot of times with art, it's the same thing. It's like it's not about the absence of of imperfection as much as it is about what it is that you're actually creating and what it is that you're actually sharing and how you share that and how you recover from it and what you offer. So I think it all goes like hand in hand with stuff like that. So I definitely think authentic would be the word for my creative Mm -hmm. aspect. I like that. I like that. I like the piece about it's not about the absence of mistake. It's about what you do with it. And that's in all things in life. And I think a lot of times, Fear of making mistakes will stop people from starting, but I am such a fan of, yes, have a decent and solid enough foundation to stand on, but start somewhere and grow. Everything does not have to be perfect just to start. If you look at my podcast journey, and I've really been thinking about that a lot lately, (laughs) probably because I just hit two years and I look at where I started and pretty soon I'm going to do a how it started versus how it's going update. I literally started in my closet with a blanket in front of me to absorb the sound, no video, but sometimes I miss that because then it didn't matter what was going on with my hair or any of that stuff. You know what I mean? But if you look at that, if you look at my 
podcast cover art. And you'd have to go to my IG because once you up stuff, update stuff on the site, it's whatever the new thing is. So you don't really see what the old stuff was. But if you look at the progression of the different podcast cover art that I had for my show, and then you look at now I have individual individualized ones for each episode and, and I have video. And then if you look at the progression of video, the backgrounds, the... Um, overlay and all these things that I've added if I had waited until I arrived at where I am now I would have never started because I didn't even have the equipment to do what I'm doing now that I had back then you know yeah. what I, or back then so it's I love that you said that because I always want to encourage people start somewhere and grow from there and it's so good when you're transparent with your journey because it's inspiring to other people. Like as people see me continue to just dive all into my company, they're seeing at first I was only offering this service. Now I'm offering that service. And I wanted to launch all services at once before I launched, but then I realized it would have, I wouldn't have started. You know what I mean? Because I was working full time at that point. And if you just, yeah, I like that. And there's, there's mistakes made along the way, or maybe I thought I wanted to do something and this isn't necessarily with my company, but even as a content creator, there were different series that I used to do that I'm like, eh, I don't want to do that anymore. So do I then delete the previous content or do I just leave it there as part of my journey? You know what I mean? I also minimally edit my episodes, but that's because for my show, It's you're writing my train of thought. You're writing the train of the thought of the guest. So that's a little different because I understand for other people, they do a lot more. If I say, um, if I forget what I was about to say, I will just say, dang, I lost my train of thought. Oh, well, and move on to something else. But I realize not everybody wants to do that. Um, But still, I, I really like that you said that. So you're out here dropping gems. What is one piece of advice that you would offer my listeners who either may be wrestling with stepping out and trying something new or, yeah, whatever. What's one piece of advice? Just do it. Um, And if it's in your heart and it won't go away and it's something you want to try, just try it. And even Mm -hmm. if it's terrible, you can try it again. Um, watching, you know, being a teacher, I think one of the things that you were just talking about ties in with this is for me is like watching a student who knows absolutely nothing about haircutting and then watching them blossom as they go through, go through the program. We had a student years ago who couldn't, um, do a taper to save his life. And he would come over, we had a code word and he would tell me when he wanted me to demo for him, but didn't want the client to know that he was uncomfortable. He would tell me that he was thirsty and then he needed a glass of water. And that let me know that he was ready to watch me do a demo. And by the end of it, I was going over there joking around being like, you need a glass of water? And Darcy's like, no, I'm good. I'm hydrated today, you know, like type of joke thing. But watching him go from nothing to something. And then I have several students now. One of them been doing hair for like eight years at this point is now retiring successful shop and is going to pursue music like full time. So it's like if you don't start somewhere and if you don't just begin, you'll never know what you could be. It's it's mm. the basic cliche, but just like a child, 
a child doesn't start walking or running first. They have to learn how to walk and they fall down a couple of times. But that's why it's important to have people around you who are either at your level or further than where you're at because they can help they can help pick you up when you fall down because they know what it's like to stumble and teeter and totter as you're learning how to walk. So mm. surrounding yourself with the right people, um, being in a room with somebody who's further than where you're at and knowing more than what you know about what you're doing is going to help you get to where you want to go. Mm. So you have to check your circle as cheesy as it sounds like check your, check your people, your influences, what you eat and not just physically, but what you eat and hear, what you're listening to is going to influence the direction of your life. If you're listening to garbage, you're going to produce garbage, mm. right? So it's like, you have to be mindful of your surroundings, be more intentional, me, me, excuse me, be more deliberate about your time and what you're doing and what you're investing into because time is an investment and you can get a return or you'll get nothing based on what you do with it. So try something, read a book about something, listen to a podcast about something, talk to people who are further in that thing that you want to do, but just start somewhere, just Mm -hmm. begin, just do it because you'll never get anywhere if you don't start. Mm. You have to start somewhere. Mm. That is so true. And there, and we live in a day and age where there's so much that you can research. Like before I started my podcast, I've listened to a few, I want to say like five, there was a podcast that was how to start a podcast. So I listened to you know, quick little episodes. I think they were like 10 minutes or less and I could be wrong, but either way, that's where I learned. If you don't have a soundproof room, put a blanket up to absorb the sound, be in a smaller room. Now, now I have this fancy little thing that has foam and all this out, which, which was a birthday gift, gift, excuse me. So shout out to my homie Greg and his wife, because they got me this mic stand thing and a really good light, you know, so you've watched my lighting progress. But that's where it ties into the your circle too, because you have to have people that even believe in you, they might not be doing what you're doing, but they at least believe in you enough to invest in you. Like my mic, my dad bought it for me as a birthday gift. And he also bought me the arm that I used to use with it that would connect to the desk and can go all over the place and all that stuff. And so it's kind of like you have to have people that not only can pour into what you're doing, but can even just be on the sidelines and invest in different ways of supporting you and also have people that you're pouring into too. It's so important in all things in life to have somebody who's at the level with you. So they're grinding with you. This is where Lindsay and I are always usually pretty parallel in the things that they're going, we're going through. Now they are not exactly the same because when I'm having parent struggles, Lindsay doesn't have kids. So she's not having parent struggles too, but she's having some sort of struggle that the underlying principle or lesson that we're learning is the same. She is a, Kazi barber instructor and also does hair and I run a consulting agency. So there's different things, but it's still like the same universal principle. So she's kind of like my running mate. That's what we've always said. But then there's always mentors or people that I have that are pouring into me. I have two business mentors that have been doing what they've been doing longer than I've been doing. But the thing about having a mentor 
so when you're also you should be pouring out to someone too you can still learn from the person that you're pouring out to so like one of my business mentors she's teaching me a lot about things that i don't know but i know a lot about content creation and using social media to get your brand out there because of podcasting she doesn't know a lot about that so i'm able to give her some tips in that so it's like this mutually beneficial thing that's really how all relationships should be so even if you have a mentor you should in some way be adding some sort of value to them you know and that's going to look different for each situation but it shouldn't be just this they get nothing from being from you know being around you because that that just means you're a leech and you're just sucking up all you can get and eventually that'll become draining to that person and they may start shying away so this has been a dope episode i'm really really excited about this series y'all the jack of all trades is going to be a monthly episode it'll either be a regular episode or a bonus episode But being that I would put myself as that caliber of people, which as you guys see from me running a consulting agency, me being a content creator, and even the different types of episodes I will do, and even a writer. And by the time this episode airs, my brand will finally have launched, which is insane. So it's kind of like I'm all over the place. And I've always been that way. I've never just been able to be in, oh, she does this. And as Lindsay said not too long ago, you never know what you can do until you start what you want to do. Because starting podcasting is what opened the doors for all these other things. I didn't set out to say, hey, I want to start a consulting agency. Hey, I want to launch a brand. But as I got more and invested more into myself with podcasting and into my brand. It just opened the floodgates of just creativity and whatever. And it's kind of like, here we are. So it's kind of like you are always being prepared for the next thing that you're going to do. Even when you arrive, shout out to my pastor. I heard that at church yesterday or at, well, basically someone else actually gave me a summary of what he said elsewhere. So he still said it, but he said, even when you get where you are working towards. So even that I've arrived at this place and it's so crazy because I read my journal earlier today. Um, cause I, I journal every morning. That's kind of like my quiet time, how I kind of like keep myself grounded, um, get my thoughts out. I'm an external processor, And I noticed that I, now that I journal every day, because I wasn't doing that. So every, usually every morning when I start my day, and then sometimes in the evening when I end my day, just depending on how my day goes, but I really like to do it in the morning. So I notice I'm almost done with this journal that I have. And so I look back and I'm like, when did I, I always look back to see when did I start the journal? Like how long did it take me to fill up this journal, especially when I haven't been in the seasons when I wasn't consistently journaling every day, like I am now. And so I looked and I saw it started May of this year. So I'm like, huh. And I don't always read back through my journal, but I just happened to read back to the first two pages. 
And the first two pages of the journal were when I first was, I think I had just completed the business courses that I took to get my business legitimized. And so I was at that point waiting on the paperwork from the, I think it's the IRS with the EIN number and all that stuff. So I had done that. And I remember writing saying, like, I really hope I can get this brand launched soon. So this was back in May. I Mind you, I got the idea for the brand about November or December of 2020. So here we are in November, 2021. And the brand is as of the time of this recording, but the brand will finally launch December, 2021. But in May of 2021, my, it's kind of like my prayer journals at times, but it was saying, I really hope that this, I'm able to launch this brand and that I don't have, to, how did I word it? I was talking about how, cause I was still working a full-time job then and how I didn't want the season of me working a full-time job and trying to build my company to be this whole long drawn out process. Because what you guys don't understand, like even when I was only podcasting to consistently put out content every week for over two years straight, which is insane. It's a lot of work. So that's a job in and of itself. When you add the networking, when you add the promoting, because I'm a solo podcaster, so I do everything myself. I edit, I whatever, uploading stuff to YouTube, creating the cover art. Now that I do that, even just scheduling the guests, coming up with I although coming up with ideas that's not really hard because my mind is just that way. So I'm fortunate in that. But at the end of the day, I can always default to just talking about my life and how I'm trying to grow. You know what I mean? But that is a lot of work. Then you factor in blogging. There's that. That's just the creative side of things. Then you factor in a full-time job. We're not even talking about the fact that I'm a single parent and trying to have friends and all that stuff. So it's a lot of work. And then when I added the consulting company, I wrote, I don't want this to be a lot of crossover. So it's just crazy and super encouraging because I remember telling you that I feel like by the end of the year I won't be doing both and I remember saying I don't know how or why or whatever but here we are at the end of the year and not only am I not doing both but I I'm not gonna have to go back to working a full-time job like the Lord has really just been opening doors for me to have income in different ways that I can have different types of clients, even clients that I wouldn't have necessarily been able to do this. Was I still at my full-time job or I wasn't even considering that this is what some like something that people need, you know what I mean? And so it's just crazy though, when I read that, because it's like, that was the desire. And here I am like ultimately walking in answered prayers. Like I'm, in the season, I prayed for times like this, you know what I'm saying? The journey to get here did not happen the way I thought I would like at all, but it's just so dope just to kind of look back and, and know that, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just, I think, 
I think one of the things too is, is like, okay, the, the, I'm sure you've heard the saying jack of all trades, but master of none. Mm -hmm. So like, I think it's important too. one of the things that, I mean, what I'm understanding and what I'm hearing you say, and what, what I also feel is important is that I feel like you talked about different levels, like how you get to a certain point and you know where you kind of reside and like certain things that you were okay with in the past, you're not okay with now, or mm -hmm. you've learned this and you have better knowledge. Like, I feel like you have to master the level that you're at mm -hmm. in order to get to the next one. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's where it's like the jack of all trades, but master of none. You have to master yourself and you have to master your level before you can even really kind of expand and grow in certain things the way that you want to. And the way that you do that is like you said, you didn't even know that there may have been a need for this market, but because you saw the need and you saw whatever, you knew that if I'm having this issue, there's other people that are having this issue. I can create something that can provide income and also meet a need and do whatever. Because you were able to master yourself in that area, you were able to grow and expand and now help other people do it. And I think that that's mm -hmm. a lot of what growth is, is helping other people do it. So it's just, it's, it's encouraging because you can take something where you see where something may quote unquote be against you. You may be able to see that there's a need in that and that you have the ability to meet that need. And because you have the ability to meet that need, you help other people meet that need. And that's how it continues to expand and grow. So it's, it's I think that's one of the cool things about being multifaceted. Um, as well as multidimensional as understanding where that, where the kind of grounding stands in on and where you can grow from. You know, what's crazy is when I was, cause I have gotten into um, making the cover art for us. Like if it's going to be a series and I know I'm going to come back to this, I'll make a template for it and then just change the volume number and who the you know guest is or whatever, right. if that's applicable or whatever. And so I'm having to do things ahead of time now, just so that I don't to like on the backside of things, it's not like, oh, now I got to do all this stuff. So if I have time ahead of time. So as I was creating the cover art for this episode, I Googled Jack of all trades, because a lot of times when I have a, a image for, especially with my blog cover art too, because that is even a different side of things than podcasting art. Like I right. want an image that I feel reflects whatever I talked about in the blog. Now for that, I do that afterwards. Cause I never know what I'm going to write about until I write, because it's literally the intimate and funny musings of Tamara. So whatever is on my mind yep. on that Monday, for the most part, sometimes it's been Tuesday, depending on how crazy, but for whatever reason, I don't want to do that ahead of time because I want to give you whatever it is in that moment. But I Googled Jack of all trades and I ran across something because oftentimes people do say Jack of all trades, master of none. But I like the way this person flipped it to jack of all trades, master of many, because the thing yes. about it is it's not that you're a master of none. If you're a jack of all trades, you would consider yourself a master of whatever your trade is. Like I would say that I'm at a place in um, social media account management and under understanding how to leverage content to get your brand out there. I would say that over the past two years of me doing that podcasting, 
I would say I'm a master at that. There's always room to grow. Right. But to the point to where I included that in the workshop for the business essentials course that I created. So it's kind of like that plus um, someone has asked to hire me to do social media account management for their nonprofit because they do not really understand all of this stuff. And, you know, even stuff like hashtags, like what is the actual point of hashtags? Yes, it's cool to have Tamra till the break of dawn for my hashtag for all my episodes. But then when you have a, a hashtag like podcast, when you click on these hashtags, everyone else who use the hashtag podcast your content is going to be grouped with that. And ultimately it just increases the chances of visibility by people who are not following you because the, the goal of social media is not just to create content for your followers, but it's also to reach other people. And what does that look like with a post versus IG stories versus even reels, which gives you an even broader audience. So it's like, I've kind of learned all of these things, with podcasting, I never cared about it for podcasting because at the end of the day, podcasting is just a therapeutic creative outlet. Yes, I treat it like a job in the sense that if an episode is supposed to come out on a certain day and I've deemed Thursday as my episode day, you are going to get an episode on Thursday. I'm going to promote this on this day, this on that day and all that stuff. So I treat it and I have that level of responsibility, but it's I'm not making money off of podcasting. You know what I mean? Right. But I've learned a lot to where then when I started my consulting agency, the stuff that I had learned with podcasting, I was able to use that to start in my company at a place that, you know, even with branding, because if you look at my page, all the posts have the colors from my branding. If you look at my IG, like, it's super random because everything is there. So there's podcasting, there's company <laughs> stuff, there's workout picks, there's memes, there's whatever. And but I am my brand when it comes to my podcasting and my blog. So you're just getting me. Whereas my company, it is a specific lane that has four pillars that are important. Yes, being um, uh, healthy mentally, emotionally. I don't even talk about physically as much as they're spiritually and in relationships. So those are the four pillars of who I am, but then also growth and development and having a solid foundation for whatever you do and everything that you see me put out and all the weekly teaching, because there's a method to my teachings every week, there's a theme and every meme and every all the content that I put out for each thing kind of ties into a specific theme. And on certain days I do certain things. And then the Saturday teaching is specifically tied to whatever the teaching is for the week. I learned all that in podcasting, but I don't apply it to my personal page because I don't really care in that sense. That's not what this is for. I want, I need a place to be free to just do whatever. Cause right. I need, I'm a person that needs structure, but I need freedom within that structure as well. Otherwise I feel micromanaged and it's very miserable for me. You know what I mean? Tell me the end goal and what my lane, you know, the parameters of how I can get there and just let me figure out how to get there. Don't 
be like, do this exactly like this, da, 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 because then you should just do it. If you feel like you have to micromanage me, then maybe you should do it if you don't feel that I'm confident enough to do it, you know? So, yeah. I want to I say something super quick. Um, oh, with, it's fine. With barbering, um, they have what they call a master barber. And anytime that you master something, it's like 10,000 plus hours put into something. Hmm. And so our barber students graduate with 1,800 hours. Okay. So it's like, and some of them who are just starting, they want to be at that master barber level yet. And it's like, you haven't put in the hours yet. You've only put right. 1,800. So it's like having, having patience with yourself while you're trying to master something, I think is also essential in the growth of it. Because some people will quit right at the point where they're about to break, or break free or break through because they feel like they haven't had it yet. It's like literally sometimes it's just a matter of timing and you won't mm -hmm. know until you're consistent with whatever it is. Yeah. So just keep going is, is the other thing too, for sure. And that's, yeah, consistency, like, and it's okay to have scheduled breaks and all that stuff. Now for me, the way I do it is when I want to take a break, I will schedule, like I'll get ahead on recording and then that gives me, a week or two where I don't have to record. So like I take breaks, you know what I mean? I don't every week record. Sometimes I'm ahead and then I don't have to worry about it or whatever. So whatever that looks like. But even if I took a break in between like seasons, which I don't and I won't, but even if I did, I would still be out there networking with people. I would still make sure that my presence was known on social media you can schedule your tweets and your IG posts and Facebook if you have a page for whatever you're doing. Schedule all that in advance. I do for my company because content comes out every day, sometimes multiple times per day. I will take a Sundays now is my day and I will create everything from Monday through Saturday not the videos because I, for whatever reason, I want the videos to be recorded closer to the day that it airs. So I usually do the Wednesday video on Tuesday and the Saturday video on Friday, but I could do it on Sunday if I wanted to, you know what I'm saying? But I sit there and I'll create it all, caption, schedule it, and then it just goes Sometimes I'm not even awake yet because some of them start at eight o'clock in the morning and depending on my day, because now my work days look different. So right. like I can start later, but then I'm up until two, three in the morning. So then I sleep a little later and that's okay because I own my time. So it's fine. As long as I meet my deadlines to get my stuff done, it doesn't matter. But you can schedule things ahead of time, whatever, so that you can remain consistency consistent, right. but still take breaks. Saturday is my Sabbath day. If you don't want to say Sabbath, it's my rest day. I don't do any type of work on Saturdays. I will maybe record an episode like right now, Chris and I are doing the U series recap and so we record that on Saturday, but it's different because it's a conversation with Chris and that's my friend. And we're talking about one of my favorite shows. So it doesn't feel like work podcasting when I'm doing that. It's not work. However, I don't do any editing. I don't do any of that stuff that I used to do like right afterwards to get it done. I don't do any of that because that's work. That side of things is work. 
the creating side of things is not work. And so Saturdays is my rest day where if I'm going to hang out with somebody, like I went to my friend's house um, and watched a football game. They had like a party and there was food. And then I stayed late. We watched movie. We were talking all these things. I had fun. Good. Cause quality time is one of my love languages. There was a day I went to visit Lindsay. And so we spent the day together. Now that was on a Monday, so that was a sacrifice because usually Monday is my work day, but it's fine because then I shifted my, you know, schedule that week or whatever. But by having that rest day where I pause from everything, I can go hard for six days a week, six days a week. If I know that on Saturday, I don't have to do anything. And it has just brought such like a beautiful balance where I feel more refreshed when I come back to it on Sunday. And the reason why Sunday isn't a rest day is because I go to church. So like if I have, I mean, technically I could watch online, but I serve on the creative team. So even if I don't physically go to church and I watch it online by serving on the creative team, there is something that I have to do, which is work. So Sunday is not a rest day for me. And so once I realized that, I'll also do other work on Sunday. You know what I mean? And so by doing that, though, I can stay consistent in the things that I need to stay consistent in, but also have some rest for me so that there's balance because that is like super important. So while we're here, how do you stay balanced with all that you're doing? You're Uh, doing a lot. Well, less than what I was doing over the past three years. (laughs) To be, true, to be honest, true. Um, one thing that I know for me is um, that one valuable lesson that I've learned is that um, opposition is also opportunity. Mm. And there are seasons that you all just have to endure, like the mundane. Um, and it's not always easy and it's not always um, pleasurable, mm. uh, so to speak. There's times where you have to just grind because you know it's what you have to do. Mm. Right. Like as cheesy as it is a farmer who has to get up and till the ground at four or five in the morning before the sun rises to do whatever, like that's hard work. But if you stay faithful to it, you will produce the crop in Mm. time and you'll get what you need. So I think um, understanding the value of and the awareness of what season you're in, I think, is one of the things that helps to produce balance. Also, um, I probably in my adult life, this is probably the most balanced I've ever been. Um, and I had to go through seasons of being out of balance and mm-hmm. over here and over here and up here and down here to kind of figure out, okay, what is my center and what does that look like? What are the things that I value as opposed to what I'm being told to value mm-hmm. and being able to filter through that. And so I think understanding the core of who I am and what it is that I want to contribute to the things around me. And then knowing that like, it's either going to aid and embed me in that, or it's going to deter me from that. Like you're either helping me grow or you're distracting from me, from my growth. Mm. And so being disciplined enough to be like, yeah, that's distraction at this point in time. And to know that that's not helping me, that's something that I've had to learn and develop over time. So I really think being self-aware of the season that I'm in, the goal that I'm working towards, um, and then having the right influences in my life, I think are the things that help keep me balanced the most. Mm. Recognize the season that you're in, folks. There you have it. Different seasons call for different things. And you know how they say last year's price is not today's price or yesterday's price is not today's price. 
Facts. what you needed in the last season is not necessarily what you need in this season. And you have to always be aware of that because I had a season where I was barely around anybody. Like, and it started at the beginning. It started really before the pandemic, but it like we got deeper into that in the pandemic and I had to recognize that in that season, that's how I needed to be. And thank God, because ultimately the fruit that produced from that season is my brand that will have launched at, by the time this episode airs, my Woo! company, you know what I mean? Like all these different things, podcasting, growing in that and the relationships that I've built and just all these things. But it's no longer that season to be more isolated. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's important to recognize even when you need to change what you're doing because it's a new season because that yeah. can have you out of balance too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so super, super important, y'all. So if nothing else, y'all take away from this that she said, just start and recognize the season and what you need in that season so that you can stay balanced. So- Lindsay, thank you so, so much for your time and just doing this episode. Um, I appreciate, like, I learned stuff about you that I didn't know, and I felt like I knew you pretty well, but it's always cool when you learn new things. I definitely want to hear your 11-year-old gospel song. I got you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the fast food pickup lines, you know what I mean? Because I may have heard it, but you, you have. know me. You have. I hear things and then I hear things. All so right. like I hear it and I'm like, okay. But then when it's the time for me to really like receive it, it's different. Kind of like with Drake. I hated Drake at first. Okay. He's a little crybaby. And then when it was the season that I was understanding him and like I was on that crybaby tick, you know, in a sense, then I was on that. You know what I mean? And so yeah, tell the people where to find you and if you have any upcoming, I don't know, projects or anything going on that they could be looking out for. So as you can see, my handle is LNZY8S. My name is Lindsay Yates, so that's just a shorthand way of writing it. Um, I'm on Instagram and Snapchat. I'm not really on the tweet tweet. Um, <laughs> haven't really gotten into the Twitter world yet. Um, just started a TikTok account, but haven't recorded anything. So I have that as well. Oh, I got to follow you on there because okay. I didn't, yeah, see, like I I didn't said, know I that either. I, I've done a couple of reels on Instagram, but other than that, I haven't done much. But that's actually, like I said, one of the things that I want to get into is start creating more videos and more content in that capacity for my industry and what I'm doing. So mm -hmm. um, I'm doing a couple different photo shoots is something that I want to do. There's a couple of people that I've talked to. Um, being respectful of boundaries and things within this within the student world. There's a couple of students that I want to do a couple of projects with outside of school, but I have to wait until they graduate. So gotcha. once that comes down, then um, I'll be able to step into some of that. So I know there's a worship night we're going to do with a couple of them too, which is going to be dope, but that's a whole different avenue. Um, so yeah, LNZY8S, that's me. Um, you'll also see that I'll post things. I have a new name now as well. They call me Miami. All my students call me Miami. So like every people that I don't even know are like coming up to me like, what up Miami? I'm like, okay. So that might be thrown in there somewhere in the game too. We'll see what happens. But LNZ, White S, Lindsay Yates on Instagram and Snapchat. I will definitely have the link and to TikTok. your Instagram 
um, on, uh, and I'll find you on TikTok, I guess, and put the link to those two as well. Um, I guess that's it. So as I told y'all, I don't know when the next podcast happy hour is. So once I know that, you guys know that I will tell you that. And um, as always, make sure that you are taking care of yourself mentally and emotionally, whatever that looks like. Make sure that you are taking care of yourself physically, drink water, uh, rest. I know it's like the holiday season where people are like, go, 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 go. But make sure that you rest, 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 rest and have that balance. Make sure that you are healthy in your relationships. Again, it's the holiday season. That could be very stressful depending on the dynamics of your family. You may feel like you got a pregame before you go to the family Christmas party or whatever it is that y'all do. But make sure that you're not the one being toxic. You know what I'm saying? It's not always about their wrong and whatever. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes you are the issue and there are things that you need to deal with. And you got to be open to recognizing that you're not always right. You know what I'm saying? And then as always, take care of yourself spiritually. Whatever that looks like, we are all body, mind, and soul. And we need to have a healthy spirit. You know what I'm saying? In order to function healthy with oursel- within ourselves, but then also with other people. So make sure y'all do that. As always, thank y'all for tuning in. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you. Ladies and gents, this concludes transmission. Tune in next time for a whole new edition. Another adventure and mission to share, be heard, and clarify the vision of this whole new world for... Damn.